gentlemen, boys and girls, cheerleaders, welcome to the Tommy Talk. My name is Juan. This is my trickle partner, Anthony. This is a judo podcast for judo players by two judo players. So I want to start the show with a little bit of apology. I know our last episode, I was talking about how the world championships were going to happen this year, that we were going to have a 2021 world championships in judo, but that the date has changed. Damn it, now, Juan, you had one job. I know, seriously, these things keep on changing me. And I swear, I looked on the IGF website the day before we did our stuff to write down my notes and it had the other date on there. I swear it did. Maybe it was, cause I knew that they were gonna change it. I heard they were, but apparently they did from the time we did the podcast and we put it out there, they officially changed it. So yes, the IGF is gonna have a world championships and it's gonna be in Budapest still, but it's gonna be on January, 6th to the 13th. Now the IGF is still having this tournament. And from what I read and what I looked at stuff is that they're going to give people just one more shot to get their points to go to the Olympics. I think that's, I, I don't know. I think that you should have been already qualified to get the Olympics, but that's what they're going to do. Anthony, do you have anything to say about that? No, I think it makes sense. Like given how crazy it is, I mean, you can't really blame them for, uh, editing stuff on the fly, given just the, um, like, for example, I, I literally just read this morning in bed that the Paris Grand Slam got canceled. So, Did you? Because I swear yeah. to God, I looked at this morning too, and it was still on. So thank no, God I didn't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, it was postponed to May earlier, but now they canceled it. So like, they're going to have to come up with more events for more points. Like, it's just like oh, man. constantly changing because of like, just the way the things are right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, so they uh, apparently the world championships are still going to happen. It's going to be in Budapest still. Our friend Johnny is going to try to go to it. We hope he does because if he does get to go, it'll be a great story when he comes back to interview him again. If I get the vaccine, I want to go with him just to <laughs> spectate. But Anthony's going to go coach him this time. Apparently, <laughs> no, I'm just going to go as a tourist. Yeah. As go as a tourist. I'm not gonna I'm not going to bring my key because I think I'm going to like <laughs> train versus just visit. I've never been to Hungary, so it'll be cool. Yeah. Be interesting. All right. Yeah. So today's episode, we actually did an interview uh, with a guy who's been trying to get an interview with us for a while. It's Kristen, uh, Christian, sorry. And uh, you may have heard him on Dave Rollins' podcast, Judo Chop Suey. And we just talk about, you know, his judo experience doing judo here in America and in Canada. He mostly spends his time in Canada now, especially after pandemic. So we're just going to talk about judo in two different countries. Anthony, we're just, like, anything else we're just chatting and talking about cross training and training philosophies and stuff. So it's, it's a, it's a very casual chat. So um, <laughs> late back, we really enjoyed it. So yeah, hopefully you guys. So without any, too. All right. So without any further ado, let's get to the interview. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, right now we have an interview right now. We're going to have an interview with Kristen. He's been wanting to talk with us for a while. So Kristen, explain yourself, like, introduce yourself to our audience and how'd you get into martial arts and how'd you get into judo? Yeah. Uh, so I got into martial arts when I was in, end of high school, I went to a karate kickboxing gym in San Diego where I grew up. Uh, we, it was pretty eclectic. Like our, our karate guy, he had us like do like pure karate stuff, uh, one-on-one. -on -one. And then most mm -hmm. of the classes were kickboxing. He brought in a Muay Thai guy and then he would teach us no gi jujitsu cause he was a blue belt like once a week. Mm -hmm. And that really like led me to the path of grappling. Okay, so you start off with, with striking arts and then just you fell in love with grappling like the rest of us did, it seems. Oh, yeah. So 
what, what have you trained? You yeah. Wanna, you uh, haven't really told us before, right before this, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when I went to university here in Vancouver, Canada, uh, I did, I was like, Oh, jujitsu. I really like that. Uh, cause there's no Kenpo here. Um, I'll take it at the university club and I, they had us do it like once a week in the gi. So I bought a gi. I was like, after a semester of that, I was like, I don't know any takedowns. I see that has judo. Let me try out the judo. And that's, that's been like, uh, <laughs> it's been the rest of my history ever since I've competed in freestyle wrestling, uh, a couple of years ago, I've competed in catch in Southern California. I've done combat wrestling here in Canada. Uh, I train some Sambo. We have a lot of uh, judo guys who've done Sambo in the former Soviet Union or learned mm-hmm. it here. Uh, I also, I'm a blue belt in jiu-jitsu or Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I've trained that for on and off since uh, like late high school. I'm 26 now. <laughs> and I just got my judo black belt in, oh, it's been so long. Well, congrats. In, in December. Uh, congr- yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Congratulations on that. It's a great accomplishment. It feels so good when you get your black belt, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> now I'm like, oh, I, have- <laughs> I haven't trained. Oh, like, so it's, it seems like you just fell in love with grappling. And do you still train any sort really. of striking? I, I picked up the gloves like maybe a few times a year just because if I had like a friend who did more striking, I'd be like, yeah, let's, let's see how I do. Uh, not that great. <laughs> so I have like a very basic understanding. I know how to throw all the punches and some kicks. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm in the same boat here because I don't enjoy getting hit in the face very often. So it's um, a different breed of person. <laughs> is it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, is is that the case for you? Is there something about grappling that just made you yeah, take I think that over striking? Looking back on it now, I think wrestling is wrestling, whether it be judo, sambo, catch, whatever. I, I like it all. If it's wrestling, I like it. <laughs> so now I noticed that when you said that you started with BGJ first and you got your blue belt in it, but you continued doing judo instead, and now you're a black belt in judo. What drove you to do judo more than BGJ or just straight wrestling? Because I know like for me, doing wrestling after high school is kind of tough to find a place, but what drove you to do judo instead? Uh, yeah, uh, I think it was money, uh, you know, being a starving <laughs> student. Uh, yeah. I think I still am, <laughs> but uh, I've, got, I've gotten wiser about it. So uh, judo was much cheaper, and I think I enjoyed it more. Maybe, mm-hmm. uh, here in Vancouver, it's sort of the, like, you got to go all in. Like there's a lot of like really heavy Gracie Baja. Like you got to buy all our stuff. Like I have a friend who works, uh, at a GB, uh, uh-huh. and, but he also does judo with me. So I think that's why we're friends. I don't think that really drew me, but <laughs> when I would go back home to San Diego, I like joined, uh, some gyms there. Like my last gym I trained at there was Clark Gracie Academy. So mm-hmm. I I trained there three summers or something at cross training judo also at a judo gym down there. Okay. Which, uh, do you mind me asking? Yeah. Which judo uh, Magoto and, uh, uh, like Chula Vista. Uh, He's like, yep. Do you consider that? Your yeah. Home I'd dojo say that's my home dojo in the States, you... but I've been to, I've been to most yeah. judo gyms in San Diego. So from like judo America yep. to, I've never gone to Sanchi. Uh, I've heard good stories about them in Vista. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're really, they're a great bunch of guys. I there. think that's yeah. where Justin Flores started. So, yeah. Oh, really? Huh. Um, wh- which dojo do you train? I train at Burnaby Judo Club. 
there's like three big okay. judo clubs here in our part of Canada, or at mm. least in BC. Uh, it's Burnaby, Steveson, uh, and then there's Abbotsford. I know we, okay. all, all three of these gyms have sent guys to go to the National Training Center in Quebec. So, mm. and wow. have you been I to the National no. Training Center? <laughs> I haven't been out east <laughs> since I was a kid to see like my family. Is that, is that on your bucket list? Yeah, I, I'd really like to go train at the Shidokan in Montreal just because it's kind of like a hotbed for the judo. Although I think that's kind of switched to the National Training Center. So oh, okay. you said you got your black belt. Did you get your black belt here in the United States or did you get it in Canada? In Canada. There like a, you got it in Canada. Yeah. Now with that, was there a difference between like the requirements in Canada compared to the US or did you? I think so. That? Like I, I don't remember what affiliation our Magoto is that is guys I've seen, we think we have like USA judo banners, but I, I feel like we're USJF. Like I'm, I could be mm. wrong. Uh, in Canada. No, in, in San Diego. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, okay. No, that's yeah. what I thought too. I thought you said like in Canada, like, ah, oh, that's very interesting. I guess why not satellite <laughs> school? Why not? <laughs> but yeah, there's like a, there's a defined system. I think it's different um, than the U S cause you need 120 points to grade from uh, EQ, so brown belt, uh, mm -hmm. to to Shodan. So you can get that through competition. Uh, you can get that through refereeing. You get like five points refereeing a tournament. Uh, I think so you, you guys get, get five, okay. Yeah, you get 30 points a year as a black belt or as a brown belt, I think. It's either 30 or 20. Uh, so mm -hmm. if you're not a competitor, you have that route. You can just wait it out. Yeah, yeah. But I, I got it through competition. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, no. Cause that's one of those things sense. like here in America, it's like, there's the whole point things where you get certain points for beating people. And I think like in America, if you participate at a tournament, like just as a helping table, I think you get like half a point or one point. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not sure how much refs get. Like I, I, I can't remember if it, because five seems like a lot to me. I can't remember last time I refed. I, well, five points per tournament. tournament. How many do you have to ref for to get a well, lot? Twenty. Well, I think you're in America. I think it's like one, one point per tournament. So, so you want to get your yeah. black belt through refing. Yeah, but I don't think you need a hundred twenty. If you win, in if you win uh, by like Wazario Zeddy Pawn or Pawn, you get ten points. If you win by a lesser score, it's seven. And then you don't get points for. Oh, so you don't really need like twelve matches if you yeah, were really you good. Could do it. Yeah. <laughs> I know that like in America, like when I was explaining it to people, uh, our threshold is lower, but we have these weird like quarter, like I said, like if you participate in a tournament, you get like half a point. So if you beat someone with a Wazadi, you get half a point. If you beat someone by equal, and that's a full point right there. If you beat somebody that's one rank higher than you, that's two points or beat someone that's... I don't get the half a point. Yeah. Thing. Or like, they, they might as well just increase the threshold you know, and call it. You get one point for this and five points. For this. Well, like, there was a weird thing with that. There was Yukos for a while. You get a third of a point. I'm like, oh, point. shit, I got to get three Yukos yeah. now to get a full point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what's the kata requirement in the U.S.? Because I know what it is for Canada. So. OK, that, that was going to be okay. my question. Yeah. Let's, let's start let's with start that. With, Did you have to do Nagi? Yes. Yeah. Explain <laughs> yours part. Explain your half of yeah. it. <laughs> so once I got to 120 points, uh, uh -huh. you have to get your sensei's approval. And then you go, at least here in BC, you have to go uh, to the, they have like, since the three big gyms are mostly here, there's like one, one place where you can, all the brown belts go to test for the first three sets of Nagi Nakata for first dan. You do all five mm -hmm. uh, for second dan. And then for third dan, you do all five as uke and tori. So oh, interesting. I, going into this, I'd already Absolutely. been an uke for a second dan test, 
as a blue belt, mm. I think I was an EQ. Okay. So you didn't have to do the full set. No, I just had to do the three. It's interesting. Cause I know some, I think it was some European countries or, um, they have you do the first like set in song and then second set in EQ and then like yeah. the other in, in EQ. And then you do the full set when you do the, well, you don't have to do it all at once, but for each yeah. step out of the way to Shodan, you have from song you had to do a set. So, um, that's interesting. Did do you did you personally find any value in doing it? Like, yeah, or- I I thought I would not like kata at all, actually. But um, at my gym, they, we had kata classes, and then uh, the other Stevenson has like that's where you go to grade for most mm-hmm. things because they're the oldest gym. I think they're the oldest gym on the West Coast. I think they're older okay. than Seattle Dojo. Um, okay. So that's like the hub, um, and I did the I did their kata class. Um, and they, they basically, at the end of it, they're, they're going to tell you if you're going to pass or not, basically. Okay. <laughs> so that's a, a benefit. Okay. But yeah, I liked it. Nice. I, I think it has how, value. How did that work? Did you work with an Uke the whole time you were practicing and then you just like, kind of like taking a driver's license test, you bring your own car. <laughs> yeah. So I was lucky enough to, uh, leading up to the black belt test, we took the course right before it. Mm-hmm. So me and John, uh, we were both up for, for grading. And we were each other's UKs, so okay. and we both passed. It was great. That's uh, that's nice. Although I, I he had uh, issues learning how to do proper, like kata breakfalls off of like Sasai. He had a really oh. hard time with that. Mm. So yeah, that, it's actually harder than it looks. Yeah, um, I remember he it's told, an art. Yeah, yeah. Told the guy it's an art falling. Uh, he's like, I've been in my whole judo. Like they've been teaching me uh, how not to get thrown, not not how to get thrown. So. Mm. Okay, so Juan, you want to go ahead and explain your Okay, so <laughs> it gets complicated here in America, man, because in America we have three judo federations, USJA, USJF, and USA Judo. Now, for USA Judo, you technically don't have to do the kata to get your black belt, it, but if you, that's if you're a heavy competitor. If you're a heavy competitor, you have big points and stuff, your sensei can just sign off on you getting your black belt. Now, for USJA and USJF, you have to do the kata. And the way that it works, the simplest way it works is that you have to actually do the entire Nagi no Kata, all five sets, and you have to be Tori and Uke for both of them. Uh, you can get exceptions for some people that are a little bit too big to get lifted. So then I have to do the throwing part, but pretty much everybody has to do both parts. Uh, when I was a brown belt way back in the day, if you're a competitor, you only had to do the first, and you had enough points, you only had to do the first three katas, the first three sets of the kata to get your black belt. Um, and then you actually never had to learn the second half. So there's I kind really of no, got to, Basically, there's really no set system here. It varies by dojo and federation. And yeah, we know some people that have never done never anything. Done the kata. And never done anything. Yeah. They just okay. compete or even not compete and just get their black belt over time. It seems so different between all the countries because the Brazilian, we have some Brazilians here in Mm -hmm. my judo dojo and they, they have to take like a written test in their federation and like Mm -hmm. the kata. And they're like, yeah, it's so easy here. (laughs) Is there uh, a, what they call uh, a Batsugan kind of thing? Like where you go go fight like five people and you get promoted or. I feel like that was here at some point because I I've talked to some of the older guys and mm-hmm. they said they've heard of Batsugan. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I've looked in the Judo Canada syllabus. There's nothing about, I'm pretty sure there's nothing about Batsugan. There's like uh, no, no 
set up tournament or thing that would allow you to do Batsukan. Okay. So I think that's that, a so thing in the UK, right? Yeah. Uh, well, we have one tournament. We have one tournament here in Southern California while he's here in LA. We have one Batsugan a year and it's the hard thing. Like most people, I've never seen people. I've only seen it one time where someone actually beats four people in a row. And well, that was just to get the round dojo do it, right? Yeah. Well, only yeah. one of them's actually competed, actually completed it. We've, okay. we've had people compete in it. Like I competed in it and stuff. I thought, I, in it, I thought it's, it's, both Emmanuel and, uh, and. Um, oh yeah. Emmanuel did, did do it. it. Yeah. 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 Bernan got his brown belt for it and Emmanuel did it, but then our sensei denied him and said, nope, sorry, I'm not promoting you. So you still wow. need the approval of your sensei, yeah. Yeah. It'll be nice if it's like the Kodokan, you have like monthly promotion tournaments, but we don't have yeah. them. So that, that leads into my next question, like 120 points, um, uke, all that stuff. So for kata, um, how, how many people did you see taking the kata class and how many people do you have at a typical tournament? Like what's the judo scene in Canada? Like, is, there, is it pretty healthy right now? Or? I think it's pretty healthy. Um, I, the tournaments were a pretty similar size to what I saw, um, at like the Cal state game tournament here mm -hmm. that they have. That's in San a big Diego. one here. Yeah. We're not here, but there, um, we'll hear for us. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad. It's all right. It's not bad. <laughs> They, I'd say it's pretty similar size tournaments as that. Uh, we have one big tournament here. It's the Pacific International. Mm -hmm. And I've seen guys uh, from the big Washington dojos like Ipan Dojo. Yeah. Or I think some guys from uh, San Jose State have come before. Okay. Pretty sure. How, how many, roughly how many fights? Oh, so, so first of all, what weight class do you fight at? Uh, I used to fight at 81, uh, but then I, I think I've gotten older <laughs> and heavier. So now I'm 90 okay. and I'm probably, I'm probably under hundred now with the uh, hey, no worries, man. We always pandemic say, balance. Hey, I fought at 80 back when I was younger too, man. I'm a 90 guy now. And I cut down to 90 to fight. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so how, how many matches do you typically get when you go to a tournament? Uh, for, I'd say the 80 and 90 was pretty about, about the same. In the more local tournaments, not the big ones, mm -hmm. we probably good two or three. Uh, okay. I'm not the best competitor, so I, I didn't go all the way. I'm sure you could yeah. get up to like five. It's a pretty healthy amount of people. So there's a good amount of people in the bracket. There's you a can good get up to five. People. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, and you guys actually do like brackets or is it a lot of round robin? Because I know that's what's something we have down here in Southern California. We have a lot of round robin tournaments. It depends on, on the how many competitors they have. If they have a few, they'll go round robin. If there's enough, they'll go um, a single elimination, I think. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but the biggest tournament we have, it's actually set up not all on one day, which is very, very nice because we have the kids and the teens go one day and then the adults mm -hmm. go the second day. And that's like my that's favorite. Nice. That's the that's best nice. run tournament I've ever been to. <laughs> they have wow. like screens saying like, you will fight at this time. And Oh, nice. If you've ever been at a tournament from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m., yeah, you know how that oh. feels. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, too oh, many yeah. times. <laughs> <laughs> so I know how that is. That's the problem I have with the point system and here in America is that we just don't have enough competitors, especially in local tournaments. So, for example, if I needed 120 points, let's just say tw fight 12 times. Well, assuming I have to win 12 times, I my weight break, my uh, weight class. It's the same three to five people that I've seen. <laughs> every single time for the last like three years and 
I've never seen anyone else. So I'd be finding the same people over and over and over again. So I, I don't know. I feel like that's just a flawed system here. That we I got think there's a, there's an issue, especially with the lower belts. Like there's so mm-hmm. few, it's sort of the reverse of the amount of competitors as jujitsu. Like most of the competitors in jujitsu in Brazilian jujitsu is like white and blue as where all mm-hmm. the players are. And there's very few in the purple, brown and black, but in judo, it's like the opposite. So if you're like a yeah. yellow belt uh, or like a white belt in America, you're not going to really fight anybody <laughs> or they're going to like mix divisions. You're going to have to fight up. Cause that's the, I think that's the best part about getting my Brown belt is I started fighting Brown mm-hmm. and black belts. And that went from fighting the same one to two people to the same three and five people. So, <laughs> cause uh, when I was a NICU uh, in Canada, that's blue, but in America mm-hmm. that's green, right? Cause there's three greens. Uh, no, NICU is Brown here. So it's Sankyu, NICU and NICU is Brown here. Brown. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but greens and browns and blacks fight together, right? In America? No, only brown and black. No, only brown. Tournament. Brown and yeah. black. Yeah. Okay. But there's three browns. So, because I remember I, yes. I was a blue belt, but that was a brown in America and I fought up in that division. So that was, oh, uh, okay. that was interesting for me because in Canada, I'm an EQ, I'm a blue belt. I fight mm-hmm. with the blue belts, not with the yeah. brown and black okay. belts. Because you said what Q you were, that's why. Like, oh, is it EQ? Yeah. Okay, he's a brown belt, so put him with the brown and black. In America, it's pretty much like, this is what I was calling, all the citrus colors are all white belts pretty much. So you guys all fight each other. But then when mm-hmm. you get the brown belt, you're kind of tossing with the sharks. It's all brown and black belts at that point. So it's just like this really big gap in the middle right there. It's like, okay, you're with the sharks or you're in the kiddie pool. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when do arm locks get available for... Adults, because I know here it's brown green. belts, Sank, the brown belts and above. Yeah, yeah. So Sankyu, Sankyu and above can. Yeah, use they really only divide. Yeah. They they only really divide it into novice brown belt and black belt, and the smaller tournaments to combine the brown and black belts. The big tournaments they'll have a separate brown belt category, but for the most part, it's just brown belt and black belt and novice. So, okay. Yeah, uh, it's, well, that's what, it's like, so f- cool. Uh, the difference between uh, American <laughs> and like everywhere else. Well, that's one of the things like why, like the older I get, the more I only compete at the big tournaments. Cause like Anthony says, you'll fight the same people over and over again, where us living in Southern California, I don't know if you're ever here at that time, but we have winter nationals here every year. Yeah. And we get a lot of people come out here. Uh, we have golden state opens actually held down here in Los Angeles usually. And then we have the California state games in San Diego, which isn't that far also. So we have like three pretty major state tournaments here in Southern California though, that brings people in. So you can face different people. But if you're just going to small tournaments, like the local, uh, like out here, we have the local Nanka tournaments, the winter, the spring, the, and all that stuff. Yeah, you're going to face the same people over and over again. And those are the ones I seem to be combining everybody together. It's like, all right, all brown belts and black belts all together. Anyone under this all together. But when you get to the more advanced terms, the bigger tournaments, that's when you start dividing them up more. Okay, stricter on weight classes, stricter on which queue you are, stricter on what belt you are and the rules. Yeah, I feel like if you're not if you're not a great competitor and you're fighting the same people over and over again in video games, what do you call it? Like feeding, you're just feeding the guy his, his black belt, <laughs> like just helping him level up. <laughs> like, that's that's a concern I had with bots. Yeah. <laughs> like, unless mm-hmm. it's another hungry brown belt who wants to yeah. win. I mean, if you're a black belt and you're like, mm-hmm. oh, this kid wants to win, maybe I'll just give him yeah. a fall. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. 
But when you do, okay, so, so I've been in Boston Code before, it gets tiring. Okay, imagine you're tired after one match. Okay, imagine how tired you are after one regular match. Then you have to fight another person and say you're there's good no enough. Light, there's a weight classes too, by the way. No, yeah, they just keep getting heavier. Oh, yeah. They put you up to belt rank and hit, and lightest to heaviest. Yeah, you and you just keep fighting. There's a little bit of a break. I think maybe a minute oh, or so break. That's really unique, lucky. actually. And you yeah. just keep fighting. You just keep going. That's why it's hard. That's why it's hard to beat four guys in a row. <laughs> that's why you like mm-hmm. you beat two guys you're like oh shit all right i got one more to go then you get that fourth guy like oh shit okay i beat that guy another one. Oh, look at the big boy right here i'm screwed yeah. <laughs> this, so yeah so this is the my understanding of how it works is i, I don't know about the ranking but usually they like they, usually all the same rank or someone close to your rank and then they line you up from largest to smallest and then the smallest two fight and then whoever wins yeah. fights the next person in line so it goes that's up cool. like that yeah because I think uh, here in the Northwest Pacific Northwest, there's uh, the Continental Crown. They have a they have a championship belt that they give out. So the winners <laughs> of uh, all the weight classes can sign up to do the open weight, which uh-huh. is really unique for judo. I've never seen. That's the only tournament awesome. I've seen that has one. And that's we got awesome. a in our dojo. We have a guy who won it. And in the like trophy case, you see it. There's a there's a championship belt that says Continental <laughs> Crown. So. That's crazy. I love belts. Like I, I would do it just to get a belt. Though, uh, was it last year? Was it Anthony? We went to uh, USA, USA Nationals. Nationals. They had a belt, and they gave they belts a belt? for the first time. Yep. Yeah, they nice. gave belts they to belt. all the national champions. And it's just, it's just weird. It's so gaudy. It's like it was very ugly, but I still wanted it. But I couldn't get it because I was fighting in Masters. Yeah. Like, sorry, sir, you're in Masters. You can't get. It. I was like, oh man. It actually, remind buy me one. <laughs> old school boxing belts, but it came in red, white, and blue. So yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, kind of uh, looked like a clown belt. I don't know. One of one of you is a pro wrestling fan too, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. I want pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so my guilty pleasure is people hate it but it's like i don't care you want if you don't like it come fight me in the ring i think as a kid i should have i should have known that i'd like it because i i love pro wrestling so <laughs> so yeah i love those belts juan you have any more stuff before we move on to i want i want to talk about cross training since uh christian has such a well, wealth of experience cross training well i want to talk one more thing like so like you said, you train in San Diego during the summertime when you're down back home and you train most of the time up north in Canada because you're going to school out there. What's the difference between the training situations out here? Like what are the big differences you've seen from American training to Canada training? I think it's before. So my club Burnaby had like uh, it's like a group. It's a community. It's in a community center and there's a mm-hmm. board that sort of runs it of like old timers and uh it's it's run since you're not gonna get in trouble are you now you're not getting in trouble are you (laughs) (laughs) if paul if paul's listening he's old so he's got a kid now (laughs) yeah um so it's a very like community based versus i think in my experience in america it's like one head sensei leading his like his sort of private or semi-private nonprofit. It's like one guy leading the the pack. Whereas in Canada, these big gyms uh, that I've been to have boards of guys, of black belts who take care of stuff, who've delegated stuff. Sure, we have a couple of small gyms where it, there is like a head sensei who kind of runs everything. Um, but in America, I haven't really seen those big gyms that are able to have a, a board, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, the training was mostly the same, but we got uh, a new coach 
we have a provincial coach, Jeremy Labrie. I think he uh, he's done really well internationally before uh, for France. He's from France, and he used to coach mm-hmm. the women's national team in Canada. Okay. Uh, but once he got done with that, he came to be the BC provincial coach. And I think oh. so, some of the provincial coaches, uh, I think Alberta has one guy from Scotland, and oh. you know they're they produce a lot of good players. Um, but seeing him run, cause he's based out of our dojo mm-hmm. and he goes around the province to help out other dojos. He's raised our level higher to a level I've never seen in America. I'd How say good? it's on par with what I, I've taken one Justin Flores class at student mm-hmm. studio 540. It was like on par with okay. the level of tech, technical, just really high level technique or like setups, grip fighting, everything. So how, um, how did they, did they just got invited to just live there? Cause it sounds like they got invited to tr- be a, a provincial coach, but then at the same time you're saying they're coming out of your dojo. So did they just decide to move there randomly and then they look for a job there or are they moving there? I'm not sure how, how it was set up. I'm I, the provincial coast has to be set up in a gym somewhere. I'd imagine. So yeah. So uh, I wonder if they just signed them or the team BC practices switch it's mostly done in our dojo, like Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday. Um, okay. But on Saturdays, it will switch from the other big dojo, Stevenson, or kids will have to go out to Abbotsford, which is about 30, 40 minute drive from home. Oh. <laughs> okay. Seems like a far drive, but yeah. why not? You're going to get your training in. So, so ever since you got a show, have you been asked to help instruct beginners or teach or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, so I started at the, at the university club and I mm-hmm. still have a good relationship that, with them. Um, so I... My most of my teaching has been there. I help out okay. them once a week because I go Monday, Wednesday. So I'm able to get okay. the good trainings on Tuesday, Thursday and go to see my friends and like my original sensei senseis uh, at the university Monday, Wednesday. Okay. What kind of resources have they given? Have they told you, okay, this is the curriculum. You got to teach this and then this and in this order or were they just kind of like, because in America here, they just be like, okay, you're a sensei. You decide to, mm-hmm. what to teach. <laughs> I think we, we, the head sensei bases a lot off of the syllabus for Judo Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. I don't know if you've looked into it, but there's I've like yellow belt it, syllabus yes. and she, she follows that pretty closely. So, um, okay. she delegates like, Hey, uh, cause we split the class since it's a university every mm-hmm. semester. Uh, we have a lot of new guys. So it's like a new cohort of guys of like 10 new people every semester. Mm-hmm. I was one of those new people. Uh, so it's very interesting to go through that system. Uh, so half the class is like new people. And then the other half the class, the other head sensei, he's doing like the sort of green belt and up like mm-hmm. uh, advanced. So, so would you mind walking us through like, what do you, would you teach a beginner? Like what do, someone walks in, what's the first thing you teach them in the first week? Uh, like Osoto from the knees. One guy's on one knee and then you teach okay. him Osoto. Uh, break falls. Uh, break fo- yes, break falls. So they they don't randori standing up until maybe three months in, I'd say. Wow. Yeah. It's, so it's very, it was great. Uh, I think whereas all my experiences in any other gym doesn't have this like cohort system. It's mm-hmm. just like one, mm-hmm. one new guy comes in, you got to teach him break falls in like two classes and he's got to, he's got to go with everybody else in the rec- recreational <laughs> class. Right. 
Yeah, that's how it no. is here, and which mm-hmm. is something I'm kind of against personally. No. But yeah, it's not like oh, it's not like that all the time here. It's just you know how people. <clears throat> sorry, it's you know how people are. Yeah, they want to start doing judo, so they come. They want to do the big throws. They want to see stuff. They want to get on the mat, and that's when they get. You try to run before they can walk. Now you're saying that you start off with teaching break falls and you have this really strict curriculum of how you do things. Is that because you're training at a college and not at an independent dojo or a community center? Could you, could you rephrase that? Um, Okay. So you said that you have these, um, you have these strict, not strict things, but it's like, okay, we're going to start doing break falls from the ground. Okay, we're yeah. gonna start teaching Osotogari from the ground. They're not allowed to do tachiwaza on their feet just yet. They have to be three months on the ground. Now, is that because it's a college no, he program? Said he said Ron Yeah, Ron Yeah, Ron and stuff. So is that because it's a college course or is it just because it's taught at a college? Uh, I think there, she, we do it because uh, we take it very slow, like uh, break falls, like, you know, like squatting back brick falls and you make your way, work your way up to like standing back brick falls. Like kids mm-hmm. are doing, or the guys are doing Ogoshi and they're going through like all the sort of basic techniques, but they don't, they don't actually get to do full on Randori until a little bit later, but they're doing mm-hmm. like Nawaza stuff uh, from, I don't know, maybe four weeks in. Is it like a what, set time? Sorry, go ahead. No, I say like, what, what Nawaza are they allowed to do? Just pins or? Just pins. Yeah. Pins and turnovers. Our our head sensei's seen some crazy people do stuff and get hurt. Yeah. Oh, at, yeah. That, you, at that gym, I've seen people break their arms. Uh, <laughs> new people will do crazy things, as I'm sure you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. So she's very strict. People have to listen to her or they're out, basically. Okay. So, yeah, I like that. But is, I think is, it produces people that know no judo like well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. good fundamentals is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so is it, you said three to four months, is that like a, okay, you need to take a ukemi test kind of thing, or is it like, okay, yeah, you guys have she, been doing it for three to four months. So she goes off of the judo Canada syllabus. So she, mm-hmm. uh, she, they have like a time in grade requirement for yellow belt. Um, okay. and we're, they basically follow that. And she's like, you need this amount of classes to get to that. And then she'll have you do a test, like show me Ogoshi, show me uh, Oji, show me Diashi. And when, you know, they got the yellow belt, that's sort of they once they've reached the end of the semester, if they keep coming, if they don't miss mm-hmm. classes, you know, they can start to move up. Or if we have a really small class because it's, you know, finals uh, and we're running more as one class, then they'll they'll do more. Do, they, do you know they do the same things in other dojos in Canada or? I think uh, this is I'm sure this is pretty similar for most university programs. Mm-hmm. But I've never seen this in a non-university dojo. Yeah. Or no, I'll, I'll, a different gym. I've never seen this in a different gym. Yeah. This sort of like cohort system. Because okay. I, I had the same concern as Juan, which is why even though I'm against it, I don't really fight it. It's because people walk in, if you tell them you're not going to spar for three months, you just got to slap the mat for three months and yeah. <laughs> wrestle on the ground. Then I, I don't think many people would stay that long. Three, I think three maybe it's, long it's special because we only work with adults. Mm-hmm. Like it, these are college kids. Maybe we'll get an adult mm-hmm. who walks in randomly. Uh, well, like I said, this is a PE program for your college or just open to the public. It's open to the public. Oh, okay. It's open to the public. Okay. I yeah. thought it was just a PE course. All right. Mm-hmm. You don't get, you get no credit. <laughs> Unfortunately. You, get no credit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you pay money, okay. you get no credit. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Other way it sounded, I thought, that, okay, it sounds like a great PE course. So like, of course they have to do all this stuff. Okay. So it's an open thing just taught at the college. Yeah. All right. Okay. So it's people that really want to learn the basics. of. There's judo. other martial arts that run in the same room too. Mm-hmm. Like there's karate. Uh, my buddy runs the jujitsu program there actually. Uh, and I teach with him sometimes or by myself if you can't make it. So, mm-hmm. and it's no gi jujitsu. Have do you, you end up uh, teaching judo at your no gi class? I do. I do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've, they've seen me in, uh, in Sambo shoes there. Like sometimes after class, I'll bring my gi or I'll be like, if anyone has a gi, you know, bring it. <laughs> Cause uh-huh. we have a guy, uh, if you've ever seen Stefan Kessing's videos, yes. the, guy, mm-hmm. the, the video he does with the Japanese jujitsu instructor, Mm-hmm. So his his Japanese jujitsu, uh, the Takanuchi Ryu, uh, the, it's a Koryu. He teaches yeah. at the university out of that room. Ah. Uh, but he's also a blue belt. Uh, my buddy gave him his blue belt, and we all train together. <laughs> mm-hmm. So he's a really interesting guy to to roll with. He feels like no one else I've ever done judo or jujitsu or grappling with. So. Mm-hmm. It's always interesting when people come from a different background with grappling or just any mm-hmm. sort of martial art and they just have a weird, like different way of moving. It's just yeah. to bring that over. It's interesting. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I like catch wrestling so much. Cause I feel that you can do almost every grappling style in catch wrestling, in mm-hmm. my opinion. And that's kind of why, why I did, why I do catch wrestling on the side with my team at catch wrestling Alliance. It's just like, I can do my judo. I can do my freestyle wrestling in there. I can do a little bit of BJJ and I can do traditional catch wrestling techniques that are not be, not be held back as much. The only weird thing is that we're pretty strict on the old school catch and wrestling rules. So there's no choking. So sometimes okay. you get a BJJ yeah, yeah. guy trying to choke you and like, ah, ah, no, 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 <laughs> no choking. <laughs> I think uh, the rule, when I did the catch tournament in Brea, um, that was CSW run. So I think they allowed choking, but mm-hmm. there was, you know, you could pin from half guard and as long as the shoulders were touching, that was yeah. the thing. Yeah. I got third, I think, when I did that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got pinned in the half guard. <laughs> the third, yeah, and the yeah, wh- the girl who refed me was uh, is Shauna Baszler now. Yeah, ah, uh, Shauna Baszler. Uh, WWE, yeah. yeah. And she was like, "You got to work on that." And I was like, "Ah." Oh. I took a picture. <laughs> I took a picture afterwards with uh, Josh Barnett. He made me look small, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> Eric Paulson was cool. Yeah, I met Josh Barnett at a, at a NJPW show one time, and oh, he actually awesome. used to eat. He used to eat at my wife's restaurant a lot, so I actually have an autograph of him. And my wife has a few pictures with him and stuff. It's like, oh, my husband's a judo guy and a wrestler, also. <laughs> so, and I met him at the NJPW, and I was like, hey, yeah, you go to my wife's restaurant. He's like, oh yeah, I know that place. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a big guy. He's bigger than I thought. Uh, <laughs> just watching him on. And that's coming from some 90 kilo guys right there. (laughs) But it's funny you talk about getting pinned from a half guard because one of my first days when I went in to catch the first day, uh, someone went into my guard and I was just like kicking back. I'm like, all right, well, let's get out of my guard and try something. And it's like, oh, Juan, you're pinned. I'm like, am I? Am I really? (laughs) From a a guard position? Ooh, this is interesting. I did never knew this before. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So you 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 never noticed, uh, sorry. Uh, judo like oh i'm getting pinned gotta grab the leg or try and break the pin because if you can get in half guard you're not pinned well also one thing like from growing up doing freestyle wrestling it's like it's a one second pin as soon as your shoulder touching the mat you're pinned and then when i went into bjj in college like you have to worry about pin or nothing at all you're cool 
And then when the judo's like, okay, so it's 20 second controlled pin. So I have 20 seconds to escape this. This is great. <laughs> and then when you go back into catch wrestling, uh, no, it's traditional catch wrestling rules. It's two second pin. Ah, shit. I got to work again. <laughs> Can't just lay on my back. <laughs> have you noticed a uh, different in style of judo in Canada versus America? Or is it very close? Because given a geographical location. I think the... It's much cold. Regular players? <laughs> yes, it's cold. Yeah, just, just when you fight, just when you well, fight in tournaments and stuff. I, I I would say no, but I I'm familiar with the gripping system of like the Pedros or Travis Stevens. You know, post on the shoulder, like do your work from there, like strip the grip. Mm -hmm. uh, the the gripping system that we've been taught that I've learned from Jeremy, the provincial coach, mm -hmm. which I assume is sort of what they're doing. Uh, in the national training center, uh, is not is not that it's not the post and then go. It's it's much different. So mm -hmm. on the like, if I'm going to a tournament, mostly you know it's regular people. Uh, I haven't really fought anyone who's like that mm -hmm. great like to go to national training center. Um, so I haven't really noticed stylistic differences unless it's I get a guy from mm -hmm. former Soviet Union who's like in a local tournament. You know. Yeah. I really haven't noticed any more stylistic differences. Can you, can you talk about the gripping system a little more? Like, but yeah. So it's like, it. if it's right on right, you know, they're telling me, they're telling us all the time, like left hand sleeve, sleeve, sleeve. That's the first thing you should reach for. Like, cause it's their power hand, you grab yeah. it and then you grab your second hand and work. Um, and there's like, there's a bunch of things that we've worked off of from there. Uh, I'm a little bit wonky. I switch my stances. Um, I do the same thing. Yeah. I, I did a, a private video lesson with Travis Stevens and he's like, you're a lefty, like stop going right. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'm listening to Travis. So when I go back to judo, I'm going to have to relearn. Cause my, my best, my best, uh, combination is from left. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it would make sense why he said I should be a lefty. How uh, how did that private lesson go? I actually was was thinking about it. I thought you would just send him a video and he reviews it with you, right? Yeah. So he's, was it he's competition there with footage? you. Yeah, it was competition footage. So okay. I, okay. I sent him. Uh, I think on on his YouTube he did one for free uh, with me. I have it. Oh, it was. I know he did one with another Christian that I met out in Texas when I still lived mm -hmm. there. Um, I had to go back and check because. I can I can send you that one. Okay. Uh, he he kind of roasts me, so he, uh, but that's great. Yeah. That's what I needed. Yeah, yeah. So. he roasts everybody. It seems he watches videos. He's always roasting everybody. If you followed me on Reddit, uh, I I think I roasted him too. I told him he was uh, <laughs> he, he blew up as fast as Nicholas Gill. So <laughs> hey, that's that. He, I had, he wasn't denying it. No, so. he wasn't. Yeah. It was great. One of my students, one of my students I do side lessons with, we we're talking about it. And she was going like that fat guy. She was saying that fat guy's like. Is Travis even fat now? I was watching the video because to me, just like, yeah, he got bigger and stuff. But it was like, yeah. she kept on referring to him, that fat guy, that fat guy. And she's on the video, was like, this guy? He's like, yeah, yeah, that fat one. I was like, wow, she thinks he's fat. I must be huge. <laughs> <laughs> I think he, he did a Rondori session video with uh, Shintaro. I love recently. that one. And he, he was basically like, I haven't touched weights in years. Like, he said <laughs> outright, I haven't touched a single weight. And he, and I think in another interview, he's like, yeah, I'm retired. I'm never doing it again. Like I'm, I, I, I earned it to just be fat, basically. <laughs> never cut weight again. I'm never running unless it's to the food truck. All right. 
there's some running to the buffet. That's the only time I run now. So that um, I'm I've watched some of the Jimmy Pedro um gripping systems, but he he talks about dominating the lapel side, right? Is first. Yeah. So yeah, like okay. if it's right and right, from what I understand, your left hand doesn't go for their sleeve, like mm-hmm. what I've been taught in Canada. It goes to post on their shoulder, and you wait for I think you wait for that grip to come. In, for your lapel and you can like grab it with your other hand post it off and now you're ready to go two hands and only have one because you're big about them not having both hands on and you having both hands on how um since you've done both done both which one did you like better or do you notice in certain situations one's earlier in my judo i did a lot of the sort of pedro or stevens like american judo system gripping Um, but i feel like people learned and I, it stopped working after a while. And now yeah. I, I had to learn something different. You know how it goes. Yeah, the, game, the meta changes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. So now I, I pretty much don't do that. I Sometimes I'd be like, okay, I got to try something different and it will work. But for me, that's a very right on right uh, gripping system. And my best throw comes from left. I had to learn something different. Okay. So. Was it hard to change because i know sometimes you've been doing something for so long it's like instinct and you're not supposed now you got to like consciously think like i need to grab the sleeve first versus the lapel no i don't think it was it was hard Mm -hmm. just you know adapting so okay natural grappler here (laughs) (laughs) i don't i don't think so (laughs) well it seems like you do a lot of grappling yeah what else besides judo like what would you say was your favorite other style besides doing stand-up Mm. favorite other style i think for me i think the most the sort of ideal style is sambo because okay i really like like judo is number one in my heart but mm-hmm. uh i'm the guy on reddit who's like leg grabs uh, <laughs> <laughs> so for yeah, me yeah. Uh, the philosophy of judo, like maximum efficiency minimum effort is mm-hmm. not really realized in judo anymore like judo is great how it is, yeah. but it's realized now in Sambo because you can do leg grabs. You can do everything. There's no gripping restrictions. Gripping restrictions don't, doesn't make it maximum efficiency in my mind. Yeah. You can do whatever to be really efficient. Uh, <laughs> if you get like a back grip and you have to throw right away, that's not efficient in my mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Well, that, re- that brings up another question then. So... Uh, one of the problems is that what we see sometimes that a lot of teachers just teach to win, just teach to win in judo. And a lot of people, even though like when I go to the big um, tournaments and I go to the coaches meeting, they say, you guys still teach Murtogadi, still teach a single leg grabs. They still, they still say teach these techniques, even though you can't do them in tournaments. And some sensei just be like, just toss out the window. Well, if I can't do a leg technique, what am I going to teach it? Is that the same thing in Canada? Do they teach leg techniques at all? Do they, they teach don't. leg grabs? Not at all? No, not at all. I've never been taught a mm. leg technique in my, what, come over seven, to Hollywood, six I'll years? Te- <laughs> come over to Hollywood, I'll teach you leg techniques, all right, man? Like, I still keep them alive. I had to come learn to Hollywood, I'll teach you. By myself or through uh, wrestling with the university club. Mm-hmm. Leg, really? Leg grabs. Online, uh-huh. through self, like watching Matt Takino do stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I never learned it from my judo guys. Okay. Which is sad. That's sad. Oh, yeah, it is sad. sad. Like, cause that's a, a whole tier of stuff that we're just losing. I think because a lot of teachers teach to win 
And they say at the meetings, they always say like, keep teaching lake techniques. You can't do in tournaments, but keep teaching them. And that's where I come from. It's like, I love lake techniques still. So I love teaching Motogadi or grabbing for the single, going for that Ochigadi right there. One of my favorite techniques. Anthony hates hey, it because he gets knocked out all the yeah. time from it. <laughs> Take yeah. Roma is my favorite. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how I got my up. first concussion was your Moro Tigari. Not your Moro Tigari, but some other yellow belt concussed me with more Tigari. <laughs> I had a, a guy from Kazakhstan who trained with us in at my club and uh oh he was a beast i remember he got me he like picked me up to do urinage and i was like tapping in the air i was like, <laughs> like uh, i'm done <laughs> no 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 yeah. please god no <laughs> and like i went i went flying but uh i had the great break fall i was like wow i didn't get hurt <laughs> uh-huh. so i'll so always remember that <laughs> i flew air kazakhstan that day <laughs> I did a I did a Borat uh, I asked him about potassium and I don't think he liked that <laughs> so See, I'm that's sorry, why Chinkas. you got to Udinage that's why he was like oh the guy went to play alright yeah. so it's interesting so, that you talked about Sambo because I the, the light grab thing sure right but that you can get that anywhere for me what I really like about Sambo is that to get the full Ipon, like their equivalent of Ipon is you have to stay standing in a controlled mm-hmm manner with the throw you can't just do the kind of crap you see in that ijf that we're rolling it upon yeah yeah like dave uh dave rowan talks about the rolling upon and i agree with him it's it's awful i have not (laughs) heard that episode yet it's um i I saw your comments on it and i'm gonna go take a listen because i was like oh this is gonna be interesting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I think with the rolling Ipon, in my opinion, is that people see the rolling Ipon and they try to imitate it. And it just looks just bad judo. You lose position. Like in judo, it makes perfect sense to me. It's like, okay, you're trying to get the pin. You're trying to get the full back on the mat. It makes sense. But doing that on the street or anywhere else, if it's a catch wrestling yeah. or open grappling system, it's like, so what's the point? I just lost position now. Unless I really hurt the person with the throw, I just lost position. I hate that. Yeah, I mean, you're you guys probably have a little bit more experience than me, but when I first started judo, it did not look like that. And you, when you watch people train, they didn't do the whole rolling onto their their back thing for all the the shoulder throws. Yeah, now they're, it they're actively training it, which is I've been taught sad. it. Yeah, so you've been taught it. Yeah, yeah, like uh, yeah. you like roll through to where your chest is looking at the ceiling. I think mm-hmm. it. it it is great to get like a definitive, like Sayonagi, like you get them on their side, but then you roll through and it, it feels really good from yeah. like a Tory perspective. Mm-hmm. But you know, like you get them on their side and it, like stops and then you're like, oh, I rolled him on his side. Uh, Wazari, I don't <laughs> like that. Yeah, really, really hate that. And the, dro- the drop sailway spamming is just... I. I'm not going to name, since you're from Cannes, I'm not going to name who. <laughs> oh, I heard you. I heard you on, the, on that one episode. Yeah. So, but I'm just like, all you're doing is spamming and trying to shito out the other person. Like, and there's nothing they can do. You keep dropping on your knees other than try and choke you. But like just playing the game, man, just yeah. playing the game. I am. I'm, I'm rooting for her though. Uh, in those oh, you matches. Are. Yeah. Maybe I'm, I'm uh, a little bit hypocritical because uh, I'm like the person born in Canada, like raised in Canada through the judo system in Canada should be the one to represent, not the person who's I, like, I could, I'm I a pro for Canada. But I, I, I was born in America and, and then I got my Canadian citizenship 
through my mom from Canada. So mm-hmm. maybe I'm not the person to talk. <laughs> uh, like, uh, <laughs> well, next year, you're you're trying to take a spot from somebody next yeah, year. <laughs> like I'm a Mexican citizen too, because my dad's from uh-huh. Mexico. Would be like mm-hmm. if I if I went to uh, Olympics, be like I'm gonna go for Mexico. I'd be taking you a can, spot man. from a Mexican guy who trained in Mexico. It, I'd be like, oh, hey, I, not I'd that, get that. <laughs> it's not that hard, brother. It ain't that hard right now. Mexican Mexican team needs people. All right. Like uh, what's people. her name? Uh, Awiti Priscilla from mm-hmm. Team UK or Team Great Britain. She went over to compete for uh, Mexico. Oh. I always I always root for her when I see her. Uh, yeah. I think she's what minus forty eight. Okay. Well, think that Mexico only has their only best players. And I hate always saying that is the heavyweight women. They that's the only ones you'll see like in the bigger tournaments do well is their heavyweight women. You never see none of the men do well if you ever see them at all. And the yeah, women. it's sad. Yeah. Hey man, you want to get in the spot? Try it. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll be so, like uh, your friend who is going to go to the Olympics, maybe for Vietnam. Yeah, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. He's, he's aiming for world championships next year. He said this year, actually. He said, "Okay, so we'll see what happens." Good luck to him. Yeah. Have you seen a video of him getting thrown in like ten yeah, seconds? I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't bring that up. That's so mean, man. <laughs> no, it's he. He likes it. This is Facebook profile picture for like the longest time he was like oh this guy threw me <laughs> and then we, will in the air asked for his it. autograph <laughs> he did well he didn't ask for my autograph we saw him in the hotel we were staying at right after without a gi on and his forearms were like the size of my thigh like i'm like this is a 60 kilo guy with a forearm the size of my thighs like <laughs> <laughs> yeah water weight man cut that water weight get it back you're good all right <laughs> so was there any other than ensemble you cross trained all this stuff? Was there something that you took from another art and incorporated, or not another art, another grappling style, and you incorporated into your judo that you found useful? Uh, wrestling, freestyle wrestling. wrestling. Yeah. So, like, I think it's what called a, a leg jerk, where you like, where you. I use a lot for passing and some sort of passing control to mm-hmm. like weave your arm through their legs and kind of couple yep. on their knee. Mm-hmm. Um, like sort of like you're setting up for a, a leg lace to spin, spin to win <laughs> for freestyle. Uh, that, that has been really, really uh, like something I, I don't think I would have ever found in judo or Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, but yeah. I love it. Uh, yeah, and like sort of, yeah. And like, no, I know honestly, they're great to pin people with because their legs yeah. are crossed and they don't know what they're doing. And what I like about it is that their legs are in a position where they're not strong, so they can't kick out as much as they want to. So that's what I like about that position. I, I started uh, doing a, I have a sort of leg spin that I use for, I got from freestyle, not to like spin them to get two points in freestyle, but to expose their belly. Uh, mm-hmm. I haven't, I've tried it a few times in competition, but the ref doesn't give me enough time to, to set it up to like, I'll get their legs like locked in a, mm-hmm. in a leg lace in my arms mm-hmm. and then they'll be like Mate. So I have another move that is sort of similar that I think uh, I should be using instead. So that's okay. good. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Freestyle wrestling, uh, mat work has mm-hmm. been the big thing for me. What about from non uh, non grappling styles, like striking? Have you incorporated anything from that? Mm, not really. <laughs> okay. Yeah, he learned how to do a jab cross to come in for his equal so nagi. No, you know? Okay, hear, hear me out. So <laughs> he set up with his jab. He's like, "Papa," to come in. <laughs> hear me out. So I 
<laughs> I trained I trained Wing Chun for like a year and a half. Um, and it's kind of like a meditative thing for me. So I'm not going to mm-hmm. go out and say it's like super effective. I think you should totally go learn Muay Thai, which is what, what I ended up doing. But they, you guys, you, you said you benefited from Kata, right? Like you yeah. learned a lot about the structure and how and mechanics of a throw work. So I think to me, that was what I got out of Wing Chun was they're really, really picky about your structure being exactly in the right posture, like fixing your posture, structure, your footwork. And no one in judo has ever, ever taught me she's entire um, Jiko Tai, like this, the defensive stance and the mm-hmm. like footwork, basically. Like what, how, how you defend against a throw, having a good base and structure. And I think most people just learn that naturally through Randori, which depending on the person, I think that'd be, take forever or they'll never get it or it'll be really fast. But when I learned Wing Chun, I was able to incorporate that base into my um, into my judo. In a sense, it was hard, but because it was mostly static when we trained it, but it actually people told me like, "Oh, you you seem much heavier. Like it's harder to, to move you now and harder to throw you." And I was actually losing weight because I started doing training all this stuff. So, yeah. I for me, that's what I got out of some other the martial arts and. I was able to take my judo stuff over to Muay Thai because when you're clinching, you're trying to break the other guy's structure and you're mm-hmm. getting a sense of their off balancing to, to throw them and clinch. So that's just me. So I think it's not, you can, you can, <laughs> you can probably always get something from cross training, some other martial arts. As, so. as an anecdote to that, uh, we have a, or we had a guy at our judo club in the university, uh, John, mm-hmm. uh, he's like, he must be like 120 pounds, like skeletal mm-hmm. man. Uh, but he he's an instructor for Wing Chun, like he, oh. Chinese guy. Uh, great, great guy. He, he felt like no one I ever did judo with. Like you could, his gi was sort of, was like very loose on him. Mm-hmm. Like I grab him and like, it was like, I can't get any pull on him. Cause he's just like, <laughs> his bones exactly. are just like thin in the gi, <laughs> like moving around. So uh-huh. yeah. yeah. I'm interested in talking with them uh, about whether he incorporates his Wing Chun into it because some good Wing Chun schools will actually, like Wing Chun practitioners have really good sense of Kazushi because of the sensitivity training that they do with the sticky hands that you see. Um, And also like they have a really solid base and understanding of structure and breaking down other people's structure. So that it'll be interesting to have a chat with them, but yeah. All right, so Anthony, is there anything else you want to talk about? You want to talk about tournaments or anything? Yeah, let's. We're just going to talk about sumo. <laughs> oh, you oh, want yeah. to, oh, I forgot about that. My, my bad. <laughs> the skinny, big Chinese guy wants to talk about sumo. I'm sorry, my bad. Have you tried sumo, that. Christian? Or have, have you have have <laughs> interest in? Training? Unfortunately, no. But there's a sumo tournament in Vancouver. It happens oh. at the Japanese Cultural Center or Cultural Festival in the summer. But I've always been, I've usually been home are, for the summer. Are you going to enter it? <laughs> I, if, if they have it, it's, I'm going to enter it. Absolutely. Oh man. Like there's, there's videos of it. Um, our like minus hundred champion guy. Uh, mm-hmm. Is it open at weight? our club? Yeah. It's open weight. It's okay. sumo. Of course it's, it's open sumo. weight. Yeah. No, no, no. Like the, <laughs> the, the sumo they do here in, in Southern California has weight classes. Do they? they do the amateur oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. They do that that world championship at that pyramid. Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. forgot about that one. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that this cultural center. Um, like, if you search Powell Street Festival Sumo, mm-hmm. you'll see some of the matches from the past few years. Uh, the, the guy at our gym, 
the guy who won the open weight at the judo continental crown mm-hmm. he's he's won that the past two years that they wow. held it yeah and like i i do judo with him on minus 90 he he probably cuts to minus hundred, but I cannot move him. He's a big Ukrainian guy. Just, I cannot, oh my I felt good when I, when I did like a Koji on him and he actually stepped back. That was my win for that round. So, <laughs> <laughs> I have no, yes, I, moved I don't up. think I'm going to win, but uh, <laughs> if he enters, but absolutely. I want to, I want to go in that tournament because I've got into sumo in the past year or so. And with the pandemic. So, uh, okay. So you just, you started recently. So yeah, we need to like plug, sum- we need to plug sumo here and be like, mm-hmm. it's gotten <laughs> more favorite, popular. Rikishi. Yeah. We need to plug everything, man. What, what right? do you like about watching sumo? What, how, how did you find out about it? Let's start with that. Uh, I, I think I've always known about sumo, but I think I've started watching videos of sort of the grappler kingdom big videos. Oh, of yeah, like he does best great techniques videos, yeah. in sumo. I'm like, wow, that's great. And then like this one, my favorite Rikishi, I think I've seen in there. I was like, I'll watch some of his highlights. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. he's going to fight again because they have what, four tournaments a year? Yeah, uh, six. January, March. Oh, six. Yeah. Yeah. January, March. And January, March uh, is every three it's... months, basically. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember one year uh, I was like, oh, it's a January one. I'll, I'll tune in. I'll watch some. I'm tuning in for Enho. So, oh, I, you like and he yeah. he got dropped down. Well, his whole stable got uh, COVID. COVID. So, mm-hmm. yeah. so I I think I started watching January, uh, 2019, mm-hmm. or maybe the the Basho right before that in 2018 at the end. Right. So, so since you just started recently, let me let you in on the secret. If you like Enho, go watch the Juro dis- uh, division. You can find it on YouTube. There's a mm-hmm. wrestler called Uda. Oh know, yeah, Uda. Uh-huh. Yeah, he's my favorite sumo uh, Rikishi. Okay. Um, he 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 used to be, do gymnastics, so he's heavier now, so you probably can't do it. But when he first started sumo, um, you'll see him do backflips. Like imagine a big sumo guy doing backflips and front flips and like all this gymnastic moves, and he would incorporate that into a sumo. Like he had a really highly acrobatic style of uh, sumo wrestling, and you'll see some of his highlights is incredible. But that's also how he messed up both his knees. Like he tore his ACL twice. That's the yeah. That's the issue with like Terano Fuji and uh, the Georgian. What's his name? Um, uh, Tokinoshin. Tokin Toshinoshin. Yeah. Yeah. I actually saw him in a world uh, world champion. I know. I, I listened yeah. to that episode. I was like, ah, oh, <laughs> that was great. <laughs> so yeah, my, my girlfriend is a huge fan of him. So literally, he's a huge. Not just a, yeah, he's pretty he's a huge. He's guy. pretty huge. Yeah. Um, so your girlfriend, not your wife. Ah, I uh, see. Yeah, my wife. So <laughs> I, it's hard, hard to get used to. So, uh, uh, I, times. I have a list of uh, guys who I know have done judo in in like mm-hmm. the upper divisions. There's uh, there's Kaisei. Yeah, Kaisei's done judo, judo yeah. in Brazil, right? Uh, Aqua has done judo. Aqua's done it? Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You don't really see it from his style, but apparently he's done it. Uh, and then Chino Kuni. There's another guy. So uh, since I'm plugging sumo here, for those that are in uninitiated, sumo, basically anything goes. It's just you can't <laughs> grab the top knot. You can't knot. kick the person, okay? You can kick, actually. No, not really. You did DQ if you kick a guy blatantly. No, you can. You, you go can, for Ashiwazas. You can kick. It's just that it's not. It's not. Do you want to kick? Because someone can sweep you. Sumo. <laughs> yeah. Well, also people will make fun of you, but also you because. You, Anything other than the sole of your feet touches the floor, you lose. So if you oh, kick, yeah. you're you're compromising your structure. So, 
um yeah you can you can even hit slap that's why you see them slapping yeah no palm no yeah no palm strike yeah no close fists punching uh, no grabbing the hair um we have a like pro wrestling so like pro wrestling now no close hand punches <laughs> we have a fourth down in my gym from japan uh-huh. and he said that um hakuho as Yokozuna has kind of got a little bit of controversy because he uses a lot of the palm strikes or, yeah yeah um but he said that in japan if you're a yokozuna you're supposed to be the best you're supposed to use more like nagiwaza yeah. you're not supposed to use uh striking he like does the, a lot of stuff that's unconventional mm-hmm. but people i okay this is but, why you I, know he's the best so <laughs> Haku, if you guys don't know hakuho he is like probably the one one in a hundred years kind of like wrestler yeah. like it when i first started watching was when he started dominating and i'm always like why do all these sumo wrestlers suck ass like because i'm expecting people <laughs> to, be, to him yeah yeah i'm expecting people to be fight like him or someone that's mm. close to him that at that level to be like making a good match but he's just so dominating he makes other people look like little high schoolers and <laughs> then i realized no this guy is just like really freaking good compared to other people mm. and with um the yokozuna is like the highest ranked person with him all these yokozunas retiring I'm looking at all these upcoming wrestlers. I'm just like, no one's going to, man, Sumo's going to suck after he retires. Yeah. Like, I'm rooting for t- uh, Terno Fuji. I think he's I'm rooting man. for him too. Yeah. Um, but going Mongolians back to Hakuho, <laughs> so <laughs> the sport is dominated by Mongolians and um, they actually had to put a rule in that saying each Sumo stable can only have one foreigner. You cannot hmm. have more than one foreigner um, competing. So Hakuho is actually Mongolian. So I think a lot of it has to do with xenophobia that people don't like that this foreigner is like dominating an icon of the sport right now. So people give him a lot of shit for um, using a henka, which is like stepping aside on the on the initial charge. And then they tell that he does a slap in the face thing on Itachi. I don't know if you notice a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so people say all that stuff. Oh, he's not. It's not something that Yokozuna should do. But even without that, he dominates. So I think people are just nit- um, nitpicking his yeah. style of sumo because of the, the xenophobia. But um, well, didn't they make rules like a couple of years ago where you had to speak fluent Japanese? You had to be a Japanese no, that citizen was always a thing. and all this other stuff. You don't have was to be it? Japanese okay. citizens, but you always had to. If you join a sumo stable, you have you have to learn Japanese because they're just they're not yeah. going to speak your language, and you kind of uh-huh. learn just by being there i guess mm-hmm. yeah but so uh, so Kristen, what's your sumo style are you a slapper are you a thrower <laughs> are you a, a kicker <laughs> you're gonna be a throw of course you're yeah, you which judo is weird you. because <laughs> as a, i'd say my judo style is not in like i'm not i'm not the guy to grab your belt and throw you with ogoshi I'm the guy to like stiff arm you and then hit you with osoto <laughs> from like far or or do, do koji or like Ashiwaza. I'd say I'm more of a Sutemi Waza guy. Oh, like my okay. my best throw is Sumi. Okay. It's left on right, left versus right. I get my back grip, I get my sleeve, I hit you with Kochi to get you to step back, and then that opens mm. up the space. Are you are you talking about a Russian tie kind of thing from the sleeve? Uh, in Nogi, back? yeah. Uh, okay. Like my my wrestling or my freestyle wrestling best move is the same. Uh, it's that Sumi. I have a Russian, and then. Mm-hmm. If it, if it's settled, I'll transition my my hand on the shoulder to the like far lat or like his armpit. Mm-hmm. I, I put my shoulder down to to get his posture down, and I'll hit him with Koichi to get him to step back, and then I hit Sumi. 
and it works really, really well. It's my Takuri Waza, unfortunately. <laughs> my Takuri Waza is a Sutami Waza. <laughs> so, are you ashamed of it? Or are you? <laughs> I am a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I like I like Kataguruma actually, like a IGF legal Kataguruma. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I have one I learned from Matt Takino watching him online. Okay. Uh, if like a guy's pressing you forward and you have that back grip, you can just like clamp down on his on his arm and hit him with uh, a legless Kataguruma. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. I think so. Are, are you guys like that right in, now? Uh, no. In my province, uh, you can only see people inside with your household. Okay. Yeah. So you can't go. I have friends. I can't go to their house. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. We can't gather outside. We can go for How a walk do they outside. Enforce that though. Like- uh, depends. Like if it's blatant, like the people downtown having parties, they'll go yeah. give them fines. But or, you can't really enforce going to your friend's house. Yeah. Yeah, you can't. Okay. So. Hey, hey, what are you doing? Where are you going? Uh, I'm going home. How are yeah. you uh, keeping up in shape and training? Like, uh, I, no. I, I can tell. I can tell you that you watch a lot of videos. So, well, he said that he's 100 plus kilos now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, probably, I haven't weighed myself since then. I don't know what you're talking about. He's pre- preparing to. Oh, yeah, I am preparing for the sumo. Yeah, <laughs> he's bulking up. He's training. Oh, I, I see it now. I see it. You're bulking up yeah. for it. All right. Canada is also behind on the vaccine. Yeah, uh, I heard about that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, no, because I'm supposed to get it by, they said by the end of August or beginning of September for 26-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's, it's in America, I think you're supposed to, my group is supposed to get it in like June or July. Yeah, or something. That's like, where my group is supposed hopefully, to get yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Um, so I'm like, no, the sumo tournament is in August. <laughs> I'm not going to make it. <laughs> well, just come back to LA for a little while, you know, come back to San Diego. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. I have I'm considering it. Stay at, so. <laughs> Yeah. Um, do when when things go back to normal, what do you have like a goal or a training? Like, I want to go to these tournaments, or I want to go train in Japan, or uh, I want to go do this. Yeah, do you have like uh, I want to go. Yeah, sambo. I want to go compete in sambo. So okay. I think they changed rules recently because, like, the there used to be a tournament I was looking at called the Dutch Open, mm-hmm. and it was supposed it's supposed to be open. But now I think it's a... Now it's closed. Now it's closed. <laughs> uh, I think your country has to send you. So, oh, like so Sambo gonna, in America. It's going to be in Europe then. Uh, you call it Dutch Open, so I don't know. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. in Dutch. It's in oh, Netherlands. In Holland, yeah. yeah. It's in Dutch. <laughs> Netherlands. In Netherlands, yeah. Uh, well, again, you're half Metzkin, brother. All right. I bet you Metzkin doesn't have so many, <laughs> too many Sambo yeah. players. All right. <laughs> I, you I'm and me can go. We can make a Mexican Sambo team, all right? <laughs> <laughs> My buddy, uh, I have a buddy, there's a Sambo Discord, and they mm-hmm. were looking for someone to send for America, I think, to go. They were having a combat Sambo event in Mexico. A combat Sambo. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a different fun. story, though. I don't want to get kicked uh-huh. in the nuts. So. I was like, oh, <laughs> maybe I could go. <laughs> Work up. <laughs> represent okay. America. Uh, but do it. it didn't work out with school. So okay. I know, I know a guy on the Sambo Discord who went, though. So... How do your parents feel about that if you were to do this stuff? <laughs> I don't know. Mom would probably not watch it. <laughs> yeah. So. My um I, I'd be the only Mexican citizen who doesn't really speak Spanish, so <laughs> So Johnny's uh Johnny, the guy who went to fight in world championship, his mom was not really fond of him getting thrown the way that they get thrown in IDF yeah. circuits. So Yeah. Uh but yeah, the Dutch Open. Uh, I'm not really sure how that's gonna work now. Uh, I'm not sure if I could be sent by Canada. 
or by America or by Mexico. But Mm -hmm. probably if that doesn't, if that wouldn't work out, I'd go do one of the American tournaments because there's a few more nowadays. Like there's a Sambo Texas organization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I really want to try Sambo. There is a Sambo USA Federation, isn't there? USA Sambo. I, heard, yeah, I haven't heard good things about the politics <laughs> going on. Um, I no? think All right. the, the yeah. recent controversy that I've heard from my friends is they're talking about adding belt ranks to Sambo because oh, God, everybody numbers. wants a goddamn belt rank. Yeah. Because if you're not Japanese or Korean, you don't get. Dude, did you watch the UFC last night? Okay. Did, I did, you, did you guys watch the UFC last night? I just looked for highlights on Reddit. All right. So one of the guys is, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I was going to say a funny thing. So one of the guys, it was a Kung Fu fighter. And I can't remember which one of the announcer was, was like, you know, he has a black sash and something crane, Kung Fu, dragon, tiger fist. And I was like, oh, they don't do flag. that. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I hate it when I hear that. It's kind of, oh man, I, I think I mentioned in one of our, earlier episodes but some someone be like oh this japanese fighter is a black belt in judo i'm just like from like black belt in japan it's like totally different from black belt in some of the western countries so then people look Mm -hmm. at it and be like oh even a japanese black belt can't take this guy down so judo must suck in mma like yeah i've heard uh in canada that a japanese shodan is equivalent to a nikio here a blue belt <laughs> yeah. Once you get yeah. to the second done in Japan, that's equivalent to our showdown. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've heard that same here in the U.S. Well, you we need you need a, a fourth degree black belt to teach in Japan. That's the instructor instructor rank. rank. Yeah, yeah. So my the fourth degree, our my Japanese friend at our club, uh, he did some of his. He's doing uh, grad work. Mm-hmm. Uh, research here at the university, but he lived and did research in LA. He went to uh, Teneri, I think. Teneri, yeah. Teneri, yeah. And uh, I guess I'll tell his story. But he said that Rhonda <laughs> came in one time, and mm-hmm. uh, he said he threw Rhonda, and she cried, which makes sense. That's I think that's how <laughs> she is. So yeah, yeah. But uh, Teneri's a Rumble House from what yeah. I heard. So yeah, yeah. So we all they do we, is just spar there. <laughs> yeah, that's why I heard. I was surprised to hear that they don't really teach, right? We yeah, they yeah, do we like get the, a lot of their students actually, right? Okay. Yeah, well, you go there, you do a warm up, and then you just spar the entire two hours or hour and a half, whatever their mm-hmm. classes. They just have a bell and just cycle in and out. They have they have good kids classes there. They actually teach the youth yeah. pretty well, but the adults, it's like if you're there, if you're not a brown belt or a black belt, don't go. I'm sorry. So they uh, to give you an idea how good they are. Like we had a team tournament here recently, like before shortly before the shutdown, and um, they only could field three people. Like it's a team of four people, but they could only field three people, and they still got first place. So oh okay. <laughs> so they they started with one loss basically, like no. in, yes, and they still still won. Um, but yeah, they have a great, really strong really good judokas there it's just that they don't teach they don't instruct beginners and a lot of people told me yeah i was a white belt i went there it just told me they're not going to teach me basically i'll just have to sink or swim and they got it's their first day of class and they still mm-hmm. get the shit thrown out of them so mm-hmm. um and i looked at their yelp reviews on yelp and it confirms it so i think it's a great place okay. to train if you already have a background in judo but uh yeah, yeah. i remember because in my mind when i think of la for mm-hmm. judo it's just that 
I'm, I'm really not familiar with any dojos there other than I fought a guy from uh, Cal State Long Beach once, mm-hmm. I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> At the Cal State Games. There's a lot of dojos there's here. There's a I dojo there. All of them. Yeah. So. Yeah, I have, if you're in Los only, Angeles, there's tons of dojos yeah. out here. But yeah, if you're there back okay. in Southern California, come visit us, man. We're going to reopen. Yeah, I'd love to. to train. All right. All right. So, Anthony, do you have anything else you want to nope. talk about? Do you have about, anything else, or? Christian, that you want to plug or your, your social media stuff? Uh, I really don't post on my Instagram, but you can look for me on Reddit. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm C. I think my name on Reddit is like C. Christian Tyler. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see me. I, uh, I, use, I post a lot on, on the judo subreddit, so... I'll usually be like leg grabs or talk or <laughs> commenting on, on Dave's uh, posts or yeah. your guys' posts. So yeah. I love judo. We can talk more oh, about sumo, the upcoming sumo tournament next month when it's done. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. That's next right. week. Next month's homework. All right. Ah, <laughs> what a great interview that was. Did you enjoy yourself, Anthony? Because I know I did. Yeah, I, I wanted to talk with him more, but it was like, oh man, there's ready the looking the clock. It's going, going, Going that interview went about an hour just rambling, talking about all these little random things. Yeah, <laughs> Canada, United States, sumo. Since you want like, to get that in, Canada much. looks like yeah. <laughs> it's too. I love the cold weather, but that's just too cold for me. All right. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, I like Southern California weather here. <laughs> we can't train outside. Be like, hey guys, let's train outside at zero below. <laughs> this is why I like about judo, though. It's that. Uh, Anywhere you go, like even when I went to Japan, you can just like sit down and talk about judo and bond over it. And I guess like just martial arts in general, like it's not mm-hmm. just judo, but judo is much more international. So, yeah, it's like I talked, I was on my friend's podcast on uh, Catch Wrestling Alliance. I told him that judo is like its own international language. Wherever I go and I do judo, I can understand what they're talking about. We can talk about judo. I don't have to understand French or Russian or German, but we on the mat, we all speak the same language. We all speak I, judo. I forgot to mention this when uh, we were doing the Tokyo podcast, the uh, Japan podcast episode, mm-hmm. but literally right off when we got off the plane, um, we took a bus to our hotel that night mm-hmm. and we were out, me and Richard were just on the bus talking about judo. And then some guy randomly, randomly sitting behind us like, are you guys competing? And then I'm like, no, we're here to like watch our friend <laughs> and just hang and train. And he was a, a judo reporter for, um, let me get, I don't want to say the wrong country. I'm trying to Ser- Ser- not Serbia, some Eastern Europe. I want to say Serbia, but I might be wrong. Um, okay for some Eastern European country. And he was like, I don't, I, I don't train judo, but I love judo. Like I, they had me cut as a, he was like, when he first started reporting, he mm-hmm. fell in love with the sport, just reporting. Cause he got assigned to it, but he doesn't know what it is. And he learned it over yeah. time and how he just loved it. And he was like asking for contact information. Maybe we can go watch it together and stuff. But I didn't tell him <laughs> that I had the better seats, even though he, <laughs> cause I didn't know. I, but he's know a news first. reporter. Didn't he have, yeah, so, have floor so seats? I found out he had the best seats because he was right in front of action with the cameras and stuff. But then he had, uh-huh. a, he was like, Oh, I didn't bring a camera. I just have an iPhone. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Did he have it? was like funny iPhone lenses on it to make no, it look I fancy. Don't think so. yeah. he, he said his budget was very limited, but, um, he is just someone who doesn't train judo but loves it just from being mm-hmm. exposed to it. But we got the bond over it that way too. So, yeah, freaking love judo, man. Yeah, judo is a great sport. It's a great way to just get it international. Any country you go to, you can go to a judo dojo and they'll accept you. 
you know, mm-hmm. as long as you have insurance or some stuff <laughs> in some countries, just, just in case you get hurt. But the judo I do in America is the same judo I'll do in, like I always see France, Russia, Canada, mm-hmm. Mexico, Brazil, judo is judo. You can train judo anywhere in the world where with me being a, my, my karate style, Tong Sudo, mm-hmm. I go to Tonksudo Dojo just down the street sometimes and they're looking at me like I'm a weirdo with my style. Because <laughs> I come from a, not Chikundo yeah. fully, but yeah, it's a different lineage and stuff. So that's the cool thing about judo. So Anthony, is that a great interview or what? Yeah. Anything else you want to talk about? Do you want to plug in? Do you want to plug in your new uh, Noki stuff? Yeah, I guess I could talk about that. I've been talking about it a lot lately, but if anybody's interested, uh, so I do catch wrestling with Catch Wrestling Alliance, and Raul there is trying to make a big, um, just a big archive, a big library of different uh, grappling styles. So what I do with him is that I always talk about putting up my own nogi judo videos, and he said, "Hey, why don't you just put it on my website?" So since he already has fans and he has a base already, I decided, "Yeah, why not? Let's do it." So like I said, about two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, and I made some Nogi Judo videos and I have four videos out on his website right now. I have um, Harai Goshi, uh, Ogoshi, Taitoshi, and Uchimata Nogi style. And it's three different ways of throwing. Uh, the first three are from a, like a head and arm position, but they're from different arms positions, but it's from like the head position. And the last one is my favorite way of throwing people, which is an underhook. And those are available on his YouTube page at Catch Wrestling Alliance. I also did podcasts with him on his YouTube page again for his YouTube and Twitch. And oh, Anthony loves Twitch. <laughs> I, I was One asking, day, I was asking why, like, oh, did did Raul listen to my podcast and started making a Twitch account because of that? No, actually, it's because he said it's easier to get sponsored on Twitch than it is almost anything it is, else. Actually, it is. So. Me and Anthony might be start doing Twitch too. We should do live Twitch streams. Like come over to my house. We'll just start throwing each other in the back. If your wife allows me over to your house, I'll come over. Okay. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's see how. We do a live Twitch one day. Maybe you guys, whatever, whatever you guys want to see us do, let us know. We'll throw each other. We'll teach some techniques. We'll show some things. I'll show some Nogi technique if people are really interested in it. Cause I think that there are certain throws that you see done in MMA or I do a catch wrestling sometimes that people just don't know how to do right. And the thing is that they see it and they try to mimic it, but they don't know it. And even if you do think you know it, there are little little things that a judo player knows how to do right. So. Yeah, but, do, do, yeah. do they have a code that we can use that can get a kickback from, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's no code yet. It's like, use uh, the coach to Tommy talk. <laughs> I hope I, Hey, when I'm on his podcast, I push us all the time. You know, I talk about my podcast, the Tommy talk us. I talk about Hollywood judo. I talk about judo period. It's actually funny. When we did the live stream, a guy, I'm going on a tangent now, make our own show longer. Uh, someone kept on sending questions in about what do I like better wrestling or judo since that's my mm-hmm. pretty much my base of grappling. And I told him like, you, you can do both. And then Raul was like, oh, how about catch wrestling? How about you do catch wrestling instead? <laughs> and I was like, well, we are on a catch wrestling website right now. We're doing a catch wrestling stream. So yeah, you should try catch also. <laughs> but try it all out there. Like we just talked about in the podcast earlier. Yeah. Try it all. Do everything. You know, there's no limit to trying your style of grappling. We're judo players. We love judo. Um, and but we also, I, as I said, and if you listen to the interview, don't limit yourself to grappling. Like, even yeah you know coming with a front works. kick to the guy then coming for Haragoshi <laughs> afterwards okay <laughs> you all you can always learn something from something so yeah try it once yeah 
Jab, cross, underhook, haragoshi. <laughs> AKA MMA. Okay. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So please like, share, and subscribe, everybody. You can follow us on YouTube at tatamitalk.com. You can follow us on Instagram at tatamitalk. You can follow me at the Jerry underscore Juan on Instagram. You can follow Anthony at Anthony Throws on Instagram. If you want to send us any questions or anything, that's at tatamitalk at gmail.com. And Anthony, is that everything? You told you said we had an Instagram now, right? For yep, just I for mentioned Instagram. Okay. All right. Another game. Instagram again. <laughs> All right. Okay. Talk to you guys later. All right. Peace.